Hi everyone, Raphael Harry here, and you're listening to White Label American, a podcast where we hear stories from an immigrant or two, sometimes more. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. Welcome to White Label American. Thank you all for joining us today. And before we begin, I would like to give a special thank, thanks to our patrons. Appreciate you all. And I invite everyone listening to join us in helping to build a community just like our patrons, you know, keep the support flowing in. And if you can't do that at this moment, we, we understand and you can still support us in other ways such as giving us five-star ratings and keep positive reviews on Apple Podcasts, especially while you can do that on other podcast platforms, but we need more five-star reviews and positive ratings on Apple Podcasts because that's the biggest platform out there. We also have T-shirts available at vetclothing.com and the, the link will be in the show notes. And um, if you get a T-shirt, please take a photo and tag me on um, tag the podcast on your social media and you know we, we like to see that and put it out there and we appreciate the support and starting from the end of the month one of the newest patrons and one of the new uh, those of you do the reviews uh, post reviews and um, you know keep sharing the episodes out there one of you each shall receive a gift card probably $20 or $25 we'll see we'll see whoever you know, we're working on it, but we announce um, what the, amu- the amount shall be, depending on, you know, whatever good is come our way. But we just want to appreciate you guys, you know, and thank you all, and, you know, keep the support coming in. So without much further ado, I jump into today's guest. She's Shiro from Kenyan Plugged um, Podcast. She's, um, normally I don't give her the name, but, you know, I just had to put the name there first. She's an entrepreneur. She's a podcaster, as I've already said. She's a woman with a vision. She's um, from the eastern part of Africa. I don't want to give the country because she she would tell us about that. And she's also American. And you know, this is why label American. It's about you know bring, bringing artificial walls. And she's going to tell us all about that. But Shiro is just amazing in so many ways. In that she she's someone who builds and. She's moving things in a unique way that, you know, I just had to bring on the podcast. She's a sister. She's a friend to this pod. And, you know, we, we need people like this. And I just love hearing from her always. So without much further ado, Shiro, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing today? Thank you. Thank you. I'm well. I'm well. Yeah, seven hours ahead, but I'm well. <laughs> Everything is great. Thank you so much for having me, White Label American. How are you guys? How are you guys doing? I'm I'm doing well. well. Uh, just just stepped out for a minute, but I'm I'm, I'm doing great. It's raining like crazy today in uh, Brooklyn, New York. So mm. yeah, but I'm um, still bad. We've not had rain for a little bit, so still better than snow. So. Yeah, I can't complain. Yes. It's officially spring, my first year away from America. So it's so different. I'm experiencing a whole different life over here now that I'm in Kenya officially. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and we're going to come to that. So you just uh, let the cat out of the bag that you're in Kenya officially. 
So can you give us the the beginning? Let's start from the roots. Where were you born? Mm. And um, introduce us to your place of birth and you know what your childhood was like. Yes. So I was born actually in Kenya. So I'm coming back to my birthplace. Uh, Nakuru, shout out to Nakuru. Anybody in Nakuru, Nax Vegas. Um, Nakuru is place of birth and of place my current place of my current residency. But yeah, I was born here '93. Uh, been here, so I was here from '93, obviously to 2002. When I was eight and a half, I moved to America, Jersey City, to be exact. Oh my gosh! Oh, Shout out to Jersey so you, City. My neck of the woods. <laughs> yes, definitely your neck of the woods. Eh, Jersey City was its own um, adventure. Okay. For sure. We'll come to uh, that. <laughs> we lived in Jersey City for what a year and a half almost. And then my dad springs on me, hey, we're moving to some place called Greensboro. I'm like, what? How do you go from Jersey City to Greensboro, North Carolina? Uh so yeah, I think after noticing what Jersey City was like and how fast life was moving, and he was like, Let me slow it down a notch and mm bring you guys to somewhere, you know, like, um, I would say Greensboro is more of a place to come settle. Jersey city is a place to go hustle ah. or just, yeah. So, so my dad was like, North hey, East time and to then you moved to the South, to the South yeah. where things became crazy. <laughs> yeah, and I was there from in Greensboro until, yeah, until last year, December, 2020 is when I moved back to Kenya. Okay. So, so let's pause there. Yeah. We'll, we'll come back to, you moving back, but let's stay with your childhood in um, um, Nakuru. That's it, right? Yes, Nakuru in Kenya. Yes, so everybody tends to know Nairobi, mm-hmm. um, most people, I would the say, capital the of capital. Kenya. Mm-hmm. Um, like mm-hmm. even back in Nigeria, we all knew Nairobi, but I don't think we ever got any other city in Kenya, which is not that eh. I think about it, it's just Nairobi that we always kept hearing about. So, or maybe Mombasa. Yeah, Mombasa. Mombasa. Yes. Okay, I correct mm. myself. Yes, M- 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 Mombasa. Yes, Nairobi and Mombasa. Yes. Those were the, the big two. So is Mombasa bigger yes. than uh, Nakuru? Oh, uh, I would say yes because it's the coast. So okay. it's the whole coast. Okay. And then Nakuru is just like a, is a small town, you know. Um, but it is a very like it's active. Mm. But when I left here, of course, when I was eight, this place was underdeveloped. There was nothing going on. It was just farmland and all this amazingness. So coming, so now it's crazy, but yeah, grew up in Akuru, um, did like private school, all that good stuff was, was, was lucky enough and blessed enough to, um, be welcomed into a better off family. So that was the blessing. So, um, in comparison to um, Nigeria, where I, I was, you know, where I grew up, you know, Kenya has similarities in that we're both former British colonies, and mm-hmm. um, so English is obviously one of the official languages. Yes. But does Kenya also go by tribes, as Nigeria is crazy about? I I used to say it was fifty two, but I was corrected and saying it's forty two. So it's forty two tribes in Kenya. Mm. And uh, we are one of the prominent tribes. My family is a uh, we are Kikuyu, and Kikuyu is like one of the biggest tribes. But um, we are known for money and being money hungry, and 
being Wait, like like the, the the former governor of uh, Nairobi. That's my <laughs> yeah. man. And, and for, <laughs> don't, don't don't please don't talk about him. He was on coke and did you Nairobi uh COVID <sighs> um Nairobi was getting COVID um so when they were doing COVID packages. Yeah. So like the stimulus in yeah. a sense. So yeah, Nairobi was sending out the packages. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And there was Hennessy in his package. Oh, wow. So he already knew what time it was. That <laughs> <laughs> dude. Uh, yes. I, I don't know if you've that heard of guy. this guy, Dr. Damages. He's a Nigerian based <laughs> in New York. He does a parody uh, show on mostly Nigerian leaders, but he also talks about other African leaders. And anytime he, he talks about the former Nairobi governor, he always, he always has one of his videos where he's doing that dance, <laughs> doing one weird dance. And I was like, he was in his office, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dressed like a after rapper. Party, he looks like party. one of the rappers <laughs> in the United States, blinged up. And I was like, wow, this this guy puts the Nigerian governors to shame <laughs> with his dancing. You know, we were thinking, wow, I, Kenya I was thinking that. that it was being progressive. They were being progressive and evolving and trying to let younger people, you know, but Sonko, <laughs> Sonko had different plans. <laughs> He's the Donald Trump of Kenya, for Ooh, real. <laughs> I, I, saw, I was like, wow. I saw the guy. I was like, man, this this guy took it to a whole new level. I was, I was like, you know, I, ah. I'm not even going. I'm just I'm like, you know, I, I'm just, just. You know what? Just just open open, open whatever. I don't know if you want to lock him up or you want to just open the <laughs> trim into the ocean or whatever. But whatever you want to do, with him, just go ahead, do it. Just go. <laughs> Thank goodness he has been impeached, uh, <laughs> and ever since then he's been on cocaine. Either man was wow. crazy. He even tried to talk about our president smoking weed. Oh man. <laughs> Yeah, that's uncle. I mean, there's no way as anyone watches that video of a government official. Uh, you're like, man, doing that dance. You're like, mm. bro, you, you just got to steal money. That, that's that's no <laughs> <laughs> corruption at its finest. And he tried to tell the whole story. Uh, oh, by the way, we were stealing money together. At the end of the day, he's out of government. He's out of the political field, and he'll never be respected. <laughs> wow. And he's actually going to jail, most likely. So yeah, yeah. he's yeah. done. He's done and done. I, I still look he forward to his um LP when he his releases it. No, I'm not going to read his uh, book. I don't think I have time for that. But uh, well, if I'll listen to the audio book probably. But his album, <laughs> I'm just here for his album, just because I know, unlike Donald Trump, he knows how to dance. So I give him that. <laughs> he got some moves. Nairobi's finest. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, Sonko has Sonko. done a number on us, but it's okay. It's yeah. okay. <laughs> uh, so uh, now that we've said some funny stuff, uh, what do you consider your favorite childhood memory? And where does it come from? Hmm. Uh, for the sake of my grandmother. Oh, my grandmother. So my grandmother's mother uh, was the first person to make money in our family. Hmm. So she obtained land and did all her good things. So my grandmother went ahead and carried that same legacy of obtaining land. She has a bunch of land and everything. So this woman is like a high standard woman. She's a very well-respected woman. So um, one day, me and my sister were in the living room. We were just laughing uncontrollably. You know, even those those laughter that are just uncalled for. But we were children, so yeah. <laughs> we laughed. And my grandmother hated that noise at night. So this lady, imagine a woman that is just such a high woman, high status. She doesn't even do all that laughing. She's not around. You barely see her because she's handling business. But this day, she was around, and we were doing all this laughing. And me and my sister were just 
caught off guard because my grandmother just opened the door of where we were and she just started running around with us and and doing this like oh my it's just i don't even know how to explain it like she joined in and laughed the other side and she just started running with us and doing this laughter thing (laughs) and it was it was the best humbling thing to see because we never saw that side of her so to see that was was amazing and to have that moment with her was everything because because she was coming to give us a nice african grandmother whooping yeah (laughs) but that that's why i was fearing at first when you when you started (laughs) saying i was like wait that that, that's not the favorite childhood memory i was expecting What a whooping! When a whooping turns into laughter and a good time, then yeah. it's a great time. Wow. But more about her, Nini, her, um, her, her, her status and who she was. It just made me realize, like, even if you have a lot of money, even if you have a lot of this going on, you can still have that moment of being a normal person. And mm-hmm. that to me meant a lot, especially as a child, because she was untouchable, unreachable. You couldn't even talk to her. So yeah. It's nice. I think that was my favorite. Mm-hmm. It's important. So that, that's why I always love asking that question because th- there's so many things that uh, we take for granted in, in our interaction with children and we don't understand mm. the seeds that are sown. So, you know, like mm. I, I grew up for long, you know, growing up, I never understood the need to take a break, you know, taking vacations or resting. You know, the body needs to rest. And all these yes. things are important because you know we, we we keep getting this message of you gotta walk, walk, hustle, 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 hustle. You're gonna die. <laughs> That's the thing. You're just gonna you, die. You gonna By the time you start making the, yeah. the money, you start seeing the money, you're dead. <laughs> and then, exactly. And then they say, oh, oh. No, it's witches from the village that killed the person. What witches? You killed yourself because you you you're just working, working, working. Overworked. Overworked. Mm. You know, that's why you need I to. I think Africans don't know about burnouts. <laughs> but we've never um I, I I believe we probably did a while back, because if you look at pre-colonialism. The language was a lot different from the way the language became after mm. colonialism, where it's like you're working for this system, you're working to create wealth for an empire that's not uh, for it your benefit, mm. you know? So mm. now we now take, uh, by the time we're supposed to be free, we now implement that on ourselves. And I was like beating into ourselves, like you must, you must, you must, you must, you must. And then, you know, like, wait, when you now try to break out of that and be like, no, why, why, why should I just be beating myself like this? No, I deserve, because once in a while, it, you even the person who does not understand, does not have even the vocabulary. It just comes to you sometimes like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of doing this every day. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to yeah. do this one day. Even if the person will return back to it tomorrow, he's still going to be like, you know, to, you know what today, I'm, not, I'm just not going to do this. I'm just going to take true. a break. And then people, what will people say to that person? Oh, this person is lazy or it's something lazy. is wrong with mm. you. Why are you not doing it? Why are you not <laughs> working? Why, why are you not killing yourself? Mm. And like, I just mm-hmm. don't want to. And we should have a, a vocabulary or we should have a system where we are like, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with you. I see that? Know. That's why we are trying to normalize, um, you know, knowing when you're black, like when you're having a burnout, yes. when, you're, when you're overworking, when you're overdoing, overproducing mm-hmm. it's time to, you have to know when to chill but i think also yeah we we do know about it because like december or christmas time we don't do anything for a whole month exactly. here in africa mm, exactly. but in america you I, have, I think, what, I think we days, do we, days off, we, we implement like, it in weird ways i think we implement it in mm-hmm. weird ways because it's there and then we, we, we but we still don't want to call it like relaxing because there are people who would not still agree that we 
if, if you say take you are taking a vacation, people frown on at that word. Like you're not supposed mm. to because they don't see money coming with it. They don't understand that you are allowed to relax. It's good to relax. Especially you deserve to you relax. You deserve, you've earned it. <laughs> you've earned the right to. You've you've worked hard for 12, 11 months in a year. Why 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 shouldn't you take that break? It's like you have to. Because God has to come down have... from heaven and tell you, okay, go 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 relax. Like, oh yeah. okay, <laughs> that's what some people. That's when some people we agree. If you don't have the house. <laughs> The car and mm -hmm. the bank account that says you can take a vacation. Yeah. Why are you taking a vacation? Yeah. Why? Why are you That's taking a vacation? That's true. I've actually heard that one. Yeah. I've heard that. Like, yeah. Why? Why are you? Why are you sleeping? If you don't have this <laughs> amount of money, you don't have this house. You haven't. You don't have two houses, or you don't have mm. two cars. Why do you feel comfortable to sleep at night? You shouldn't. And everybody there's like, oh, 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 well, okay. Exactly. Now, nobody asked the question, like, the person who was saying that, how many houses does, did the person have? Nobody asked that question. <laughs> now, now, now I can look back and say, oh, exactly. Yeah, we, we should have asked that question, like, um, did you, how many cars do you have? You don't even have a car. Open your account for me. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he was the type who, if you I asked him, like, I, I want to go take state exams. Um, I need money. Um, You know what? If you had come last year, I would have helped you. But, you know, times are hard now, young man. <laughs> You need to go work for the money. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah, for me, I, I think it's, it's it's important. Like, you know, we have a pandemic now. I haven't been around um, other people's kids, uh, just mine. But, you know, if I had visited, when I vis used to visit my friend's kids before I even had mine, you know, when I traveled, it was, that's why I think it was easier for me to let go and play with them, just play, instead of pulling out that serious face, like, you know, and it didn't matter if it was in, in, in Nigerian person or um, fellow African or you know, it, it was just like that let them understand that it's okay it's okay mm -hmm. they, they're not going to be in the office at that age <laughs> so no yeah, they're not we, 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 let them be themselves let that inspiration come Why to give them. them that pressure yeah, give, yeah. Mm. Time, time will put that pressure on them <laughs> it's true uh, and that's what we a lot of us went through we mm -hmm. went through the pressures yeah. uh, especially um, after we moved to Jersey City especially mm -hmm. like for my dad to be uh, like a millionaire here mm -hmm. and you know like a millionaire is like 10,000 but at that time it's probably less um yeah, but the economy was probably doing better the, yeah doing the equivalent like doing the math and doing the trading you're like what i just went from having this much money to having this much money and it didn't make sense <laughs> so for him he used to come home with all of the stress oh, <laughs> all of God. the stress yeah. yeah like why why am i making why am i going to work like you know just the whole idea of being an entrepreneur in one country mm -hmm. and then having to go to another country That's and be easy. a worker Ooh. and being working like it's whatever minimum wage was at that time was like 670 or some actually worse it's barely and you're just making too. yeah which is really yeah. something that <laughs> deserves a whole episode of its own but <laughs> yeah so I, I feel like when we came to america all of that all of the good times ended, especially because we went from a different lifestyle to having to work for, like, it was just different. So I would say uh, that that's when things got real. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's when things got real. Before I, before we leave um, Nakuru, uh, mm. let's say I land in Kenya right now, you know, I've never been there, never been 
But um, I, I don't want to hang out in Nairobi. I don't want to go to Mombasa, which is, you know, I know everybody will want to go there, coastal city. I'm from a coastal area, mm-hmm. so naturally to attract me. But let's say I want to come to Nakuru, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I want to, what, what's the first thing I should eat? What's the first thing you, you offer to me now? There's someone like me who, if the meal involves hands, I'm washing my hands and let's go, let's go. I'm, I'm down. Yeah. And then there's the person oh, who, yeah. if it's, you know, they're like, oh, I don't do hand washing like my elder brother. He's, uh, he even, he's like, get me, get me a fork. <laughs> I'll use a fork to, to yeah, I can't, I can't wash my hands. So what would be the first meal, the first cuisine that you throw at um, someone like myself or someone like my elder brother? cuisine why i mean i don't know there's mokimo there's Uga, there's everything here there's nothing that akuru is missing uh if you are authentic and true to self traditional person mm-hmm. who wants to actually experience the traditional food of kenya or nakuru or you know then you can do the and then there's chapo i'm sure if you like bread there's chapati um, a very nice flaky bread. We usually eat it with a stew, with like a beef stew, or like a you can do with cabbage, or you can do with you can do with, it's a versatile bread, but it's our signature bread, chapati. Mm, chapati. Um, you can you can definitely enjoy some chap. I, I can definitely take you to some nice places with sweet chapati. Um, I, and then another thing we love is fish, uh, fresh fish, our mm. fried fish, like our fried tilapia. I probably, I'll probably do the fried. Yes, so good, so good. We have uh bajias, bajia chips. They're like big fat. Uh, they're like potato skins, but they have um spices like masala spices in them. Oh. So we we would do like a bajia and the fried ch- uh, fish if you are into the fish over the beef stew and the chapo, chapati. Mm. So we have options, but there's also a KFC in Akuru. Oh, why, why uh, you gonna do that? Why you gonna do that? Why you gonna do that? That's my bad. Oh man! For the listeners who are Reco- like, recording is over. Recording is over. <laughs> if if you're gonna fly from here to Akuru and you want to go eat KFC, man, take seize their passport. Put them to you know arrest them. Arrest them. Just you know take them. Let me tell you guys something because I was like, I'm not eating KFC. I just came from America. I, but let me tell you, the food is fresher. It's well, way that's better true, than though. the KFC it's outside right in America. America. Every fast food is outside of the United States. The same American chain is the, the, the quality. The, the the menu is also different, too. So, uh, yeah, I take that mm-hmm. back. All right, you guys go order KFC. <laughs> you have my permission. It's if okay. you're scared of chapati and don't, don't be scared. If you're scared of chapati, give them two whips. Two lashes. Papa. Seriously. But um, yeah, <laughs> not two whips. <laughs> hey, yeah. So we we can we can go some rounds. We can go some rounds. I just discovered a great pilau space, uh, place a uh, pilau. If you like pilau, which is just spiced. Our signature foods are rice, chapati, and mm-hmm. uh, <clears throat> I think any stew. Oh, nyamachoma, nyamachoma. How could I forget nyamachoma. about nyamachoma? Nyama choma is is a uh, grilled or you know barbecued. It's 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 barbecued uh, meat. Oh. So you put it on a grill and you leave all the fat and all the goodness on it, and mm-hmm. it's so so delicious, so delicious. So, so, so nyama that, choma that, is that, that sounds mat. like your um like your version of suya. We have suya. Ah. No, it's, it's the it, same it, thing. It's grilled on meat, but uh. It's malams that usually sell it. So um, people from northern Nigeria, 
And well, mm. back in the days, it used to be guys on the street corner. They they get their meat, and from five six p.m. they they start opening, and they they use uh, they used to use from our um the the pan that that um used to be used for by head carriers of cement for buildings. <laughs> They, they, so they will put the charcoal inside and then they put the, set it as that's old school grill. Oh style. yes, that's and it. And then now that uh, fast food chains have been popping up and all that, people now have suya spots. I'm like, man, that's that's cheating. Go to the real, the street corner suya guy, and then you haggle the price. Like, I want this piece of meat. You draw the map <laughs> of the uh -huh. meat, and he'll uh -huh. he'll cut it. <laughs> then you tell him, I want cabbage or tomatoes, onions. Like my mom, my mom could stop sending me to go buy it because he used to complain that there was far too much onions than meat, in <laughs> whatever. Ah. But I said we used to pick the meat out before you get home. You you be like let me let me have a taste. They wrap it in old newspapers, you know. And uh -huh. then, yeah. So when you going home, you are like let me just taste it one, you know, because when you get you you the smaller oh. you the youngest in the house, so you're not gonna get enough pieces. So like let me just taste a little bit, you know. Let me taste another bit. By the time you get home, there's more onions than meat. <laughs> you have eaten all the meat. <laughs> <laughs> you are enjoying that, yourself. I got to complain like, what, 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 what kind of suya is this? How did the meat go? I said, uh, you know, you, 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 you use, uh, um, I forgot in the leaf. There's this leaf you use to wipe your lips so that they, they won't smell anything. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You <laughs> use the whole routine. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, that's definitely nyamachoma. Nyamachoma nyama has the same um, effects. Mm. <laughs> you can eat the whole thing and you're like, did I really eat the whole thing? And that's the best thing about like back home yeah. is the, the butcheries. You see a live animal yeah. there hanging. And, and when you ask for meat, like the other day I was buying some steak. I was feeling fancy. So I see them like cutting it mm -hmm. like live. Yes. And then you go cook it live. You mm -hmm. know, that's how it's supposed to be. Yes. And I, I just like that's the luxury of, of Africa for real. And I was telling people all this time, like you can you can have two hundred shillings, which is about the equivalent of two dollars, and you can survive off of those two hundred shillings. Now in America with two dollars, oh, you no. can't get anywhere. <laughs> you can't do anything. <laughs> so it's especially like, in New York here. Oh no. <laughs> no, <laughs> you buy one you can't even buy the even mcdonald's took away the dollar like, I'll, I'll be on the street corner with my cup i say hey man you, you mm. know hook me up please please <laughs> <laughs> so shout yeah. out to kenya for that yep yep uh, on that i agree uh, one, one funny thing too uh back then around the time i was getting ready to leave that's when fast food chains were beginning to spread out um, I think a year or two before I left, that's when they started leaving Lagos and moving mm. out of. Uh, that's when they started spreading out of Lagos to other cities. So like, um, there used to be long lines because when they opened, I remember when the uh, Mr. Biggs, which is like the we used to be the most popular fast food chain, it used to be the McDonald's of Nigeria, uh, opened mm. in Benin City. I was in Benin City when it opened. The line was like five blocks <laughs> what but you know before all that popped up it was suya spot you know you start talking to the girl that's where you take her to you talk to your date you take your date to suya spot like yeah i'm gonna go buy a suya you know <laughs> your date you but that's why you be praying though that your date's not gonna pick uh choose a size that of me that's like too too much for you because in your mind you already have your budget so sometimes you might run up to the guy before you bring your date 
and tell the guy, um, I'm bringing somebody, <laughs> right? So this is how much I have. Make sure whatever, whatever meat that person picks, you 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 cut the meat, you cut the meat down to this this amount of money, then you run back and then exactly bring your date, then ensure up. So when it's this like choosing, hey, no, 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 no. This how much you charge you like, ah, come on, guy, come on, why are you too expensive? Then you now bring the yes. price down to that amount. Yeah, like uh, yeah, I remember that one now. Yeah, I did that one too. No, that's <laughs> nice. See, that's the beauty in those type of things. <laughs> You can tell someone, hey, today, hey, I don't have that much money, but hook me up, hook me up. Don't even put any other high, higher price meat on the table. Yeah. Only put what I can afford. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what fast food changed for us. Like, uh, as soon as fast food came, you, you you better have that amount of money before you show up there. Oh, there's no haggling in that, in that, in fast food. No discounts. Uh, oh, man. Africa. Oh. <laughs> We're just trying to survive. That's it. That's what we're trying to do. Survive and have a good time. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Welcome. Oh, Welcome to time. our life. <laughs> no, but haggling is like top five, one of the favorite things in, in Africa. Oh, yeah. You can legit go anywhere and, and try to finesse the situation. I remember when my friend from Sudan came to America and he was trying to haggle. I was like, my, my guy, there's no, you. when you go to Chipotle, they're going to tell you this price. And yep. that's it. The, the, the only places where that comes handy is when you go to flea markets. Yeah. Yeah, you go to flea yeah. markets, you, it, 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 you can haggle. Or maybe if someone is having like a garage sale, it's still exactly. limited at garage sales, but depends on neighborhoods. But it, <laughs> you, you can practice there. Like, you know, you don't want to be too, you don't want to go too, too, too hardcore at the garage sale because uh, in certain <laughs> neighborhoods, they're going to look at you like, um, where, where are you from again? Exactly. <laughs> when they ask, Actually, where you... <laughs> it's not even on sale. <laughs> <laughs> but where, where, where I appreciated uh, my haggling skills was um, mm. when I got stationed in Bahrain. Oh, yeah. I, I, saw, <laughs> I, saw, I, saw, I was like, yes. Uh, all the harassment I, was, I faced in markets in Nigeria because uh, in Ibadan, the biggest f- fabric markets, I used to go there to buy fabrics for my... Um, elder sister who owned the fashion business and they will literally drag you into stores. They didn't care if you're a male or female, they'll drag you, drag you like, mm. come, 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 buy me. Like, leave me. You, like, you gotta stop it fighting them. And then, okay, this is what I want. You don't even have it. Get out. And you, you go, you, yeah. So, but you, you had to learn how to haggle prices there. And that will come in, that will pay off almost 10 years later. And in, oh, yeah. in Bahrain, you could, everybody was making suits, you go buy jewelry and all that. It's haggle. You just it didn't matter if it was at the mall or you just. So uh, uh, people were like, "Man, how how you so how how do you do it?" I was like, <laughs> "You don't want to know." It's it's an African skill. <laughs> we were born with it, uh-huh. but it comes handy in, in business. When you're doing business, you're True. gonna have to pull that out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you have to pull it out. Yeah, mm. and anybody in, so in I'm, I'm negotiations. Happy. Yep. I'm happy we have that skill embedded in us. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So before we jump into the United States full-time, um, we'll still come back to Kenya later on. But uh, before we jump into the United States, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back shortly. Hi, everyone. Your host, Raphael Harry here. I can't believe we have gone past our one-year anniversary of doing White Label American. 
I've had the privilege of speaking with some amazing people, sharing their modern day immigrant stories. And you've allowed this Nigerian immigrant to share parts of his immigrant journey through this podcast. Also, one of my goals of this podcast is breaking down artificial walls that keep people from getting to understand each other. Based on your wonderful feedback over the last year, I think we have done a decent job in breaking down some of those walls. We would like to continue and expand on this mission, but we need your help. I've had an amazing time creating and producing episodes for this show largely on my own. We have a lot of ideas for new and exciting content to expand upon the mission, but we need direct support from you, our listener, which is why we have created a White Label American Patreon page where you can make a one-time donation or become a sustaining contributor where you can get access to exclusive content, help me interview upcoming guests by submitting questions, and even have the chance to sit down with me for a one-on-one conversation, either virtually or in studio. So if this podcast means something to you, and if you really love this show, think about becoming a sustaining contributor and donating by going to patreon.com slash white label American POD. Thanks for listening and for the privilege of your company. All righty, welcome back. And now we are jumping into the US of A. You <laughs> arrived in Jersey City, right? Jersey City. Jersey Cold City. Jersey City. Oh, you, you are you yeah. one of those that arrived during winter? It was March, so oh. it was like March twenty third. So it was okay. like transitioning was into spring. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, compared to Equator, Kenya, mm-hmm. <laughs> we oh yeah, that's true. Kenya is on the equator. Yeah, uh, it was quite to the shock. Yeah, uh, but you know, but um, I think like my dad had um, jackets for us when he picked us up. Came so prepared. we were yeah, he was prepared, and that was an unnecessary situation. We went to London, so we stopped in London first, and then we came to Kenya. So London was free; it was cold there for sure. So when we came to America, we were like, "Woo! It's it's we welcome to the cold." <laughs> okay, so uh, I have to ask this question because a bunch of my guests have this thing in common with me. What was your mm. your airline that you flew? Ah, uh, British Airways. Oh, we did no. British Airways. We, yeah, I thought you were gonna be on the KLM gang. A whole bunch of us uh, seem no, to be no. on KLM. I was like, I don't know why. But I, I should have known. As soon as you said London, I should have known it was uh, British Airways. But yeah, yeah. Every, almost everybody on this podcast seemed to be on KLM. I was like, I don't know why. Every, you know. <laughs> and and uh, did, we are did, did, did you, were you, were you, well, you you flew with your mom, right? With my stepmom. So my oh, mom yeah. uh, left. My it was my dad and my stepmom who. Um, we came to this country. We okay. came to America to this country. I'm not even in that country anymore. We came to America. Uh, <laughs> well, you're in America on this my... episode. <laughs> yes, yes. At this moment, in this moment of the episode, yes. 
So it was me, my sister, and my stepmom. And that's the three people that flew together that time. My dad was already here. He had, oh my God, my dad was already in America and he was there for a year at least. Okay. So he had established himself for about a year and then he invited us to come. Uh, and then, yeah, so that okay. was that was the trip. So you, you had an adult. So you had an adult mm. on the flight. Um, yes, what I was yes. Asking but she 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 didn't speak English, so everything was my sister. Ah. My older sister, she was fourteen at the time, so I was eight. She was fourteen, and my stepmom. Yeah. So what was that flight experience like? Did were you? It was so cool. You you got you got to um, try like you know when when they offered food, drinks. Were you eating and all that stuff? It was amazing. I loved it. There was like a, a Disney, uh, they gave me like a Disney journal. Mm-hmm. So I could journal my stuff when I was on the plane. So I'm just writing down, oh, I'm on the plane for the first time, you know, and just like it, the blankets. I was like the food, the uh, the little headphones yeah. for an eight-year-old. It was everything. <laughs> it was amazing. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me make one confession that I've never made publicly. Uh <laughs> So there used to be this story that I don't know what age I was when I first heard this story of the guy who first time he flew to, um, was it, no, first time he sailed to the UK, yeah, probably to London back in mm. the days, you know, I don't know how long that's, um, that journey took being on the ship. Dude didn't eat or anything. <laughs> it was quiet. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, you go eat. Like, yes, you know, it's time to eat. They're like, no, 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 because I don't have money. I'm the only one money is for my schooling and all that. So when he Aww. got to um, London, the captain of the ship was like, uh, "Why didn't you join us for food or all that kind of stuff?" Yeah, you didn't. Were you fasting? Are you, you know, was it your religion or something? Then he was like, "Okay, just between me and you, I, I don't have enough money. I, I don't have too much money." So the captain's like, "But you already paid. It was covered in your fare." Uh-huh. He's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> now I've reached London, you're telling time. me. Okay, hey, can I get all the food back <laughs> to go with me? So give me a buffet, please. You know, but now you're already at the port. You know, he was getting off the ship when the pilot, when the captain told him. So for some reason, I don't know why that story always stuck with me. I don't know when I heard the story. Now I'm, I'm getting on the plane, leaving for United States. Uh in my arrogant, know it all. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Even though I've, uh, been, I've been laughing at this story for years, guess what I did? I got uh, on the plane. <laughs> Don't let this be you. Don't let this be your story. <laughs> Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, man, I was like, I'll just drink water. They won't charge me for water, right? Okay. Like, I don't know. They charge me for the beer. <laughs> they keep on free me beer. Why do you free me beer? I mean, I like to drink international beer. International flight. <laughs> I, I know. It's my first time doing international flight. I don't know. Let me just. I don't have <laughs> my, my the, the, the richest person in my family who doesn't like giving people money. She mm. gave me. Three dollars counted one, two, three. Take <laughs> when I was leaving. Oh, yeah, she God. did it intentionally because she knew I didn't give a damn about her, and I wasn't willing to kiss <laughs> kiss her, kiss the ring on her finger. So that was that oh. was my punishment. Take three dollars. Mm. So uh, three. Yeah, three. Vicious. And I think uh, we came with ten, so we're not. <laughs> <laughs> so 
that three dollars I was holding on to it like with my two two fists around the three dollars, guiding it <laughs> for my life. And um, someone else gave me um, fifteen thousand naira, which was about uh, I think when you change it, that was close to uh, probably that was close to hundred. That was not up to hundred dollars, was it? But that was like the backup, backup in case of emergency. But that, so the $3 was just in the front, in the front pocket. But the, the $100 was hidden somewhere. So that, all the other cash that I'd saved, you know, that was like all into that. I think everything led to $100. But, you know, I, I, I just saved that, you know. I, but I think I gave that to my mom after I arrived even. But the $3 was the golden, you know, it was like everything goes there. So I'm like, uh, I don't nah. know. I'm just there, you know. And the guy next to me, that man, one, one big, wow, that, that dude, that dude made the flight terrible too. Up to Amsterdam, that dude kept, killed me, wanted to kill me with the farts. I was like, God damn, what you eat, man? <laughs> so I'm there, but I should have drank the beer. I should have drank something. I, should, I didn't even eat. I did not eat oh anything. Oh my God. Until I arrived in the States, so I'm mad hungry. And I'm there like, jeez. Oh my gosh. Yeah, so I, I never tell anybody <laughs> that story. I was like, oh, when I found out, like, oh, man, I could have been eating. I was like, man, I was that guy too in that story. Oh, I'm not going to tell anybody. After knowing the story, you did it. <laughs> in my defense, it was more than 10 years. There was more than a 10-year gap between when I heard that story and when I got on the plane for my flight. So, yeah, yeah, well, but... Later on, I was like, oh, oh I man. heard this story before. And then I, I became Even the guy in the, the story. Even the little peanuts and pretzels. You were saying no to everything. You were like, no. So since then, I, I, I made up for it. Every time I took, I took a flight, as far as you're not going to charge me, man, I mean, it, give me, give it, bring it here, bring it here. Bring it here. Bring two. Yeah, bring two. Yeah. I'll be like, I'll be like um, for, for my daughter, too. I'm like, she, she, she got teeth. She can eat, too. I'm like, come on, I'm going to give it to me. I'll drink it. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Oh, well, yeah. As you should. That's the best part of international flights. The free, all the free. Everything mm -hmm. free. Let's get all the free things you can get. <laughs> yeah, so... Oh. Uh, I, 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 I I'm comfortable enough that. to admit that, yes, yes, I can tell that story now. But like, uh, you know... If that's the new world, no, you're not alone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. So, um, you started in um, Jersey City. Um, what was your first winter experience like oh let me not go with winter what what was the, the 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 did you have any experience in jersey city that stood out to you that uh, was the most memorable experience while there i mean everything was just fast everything was fast i'm eight years old mm -hmm. i was walking myself to school um like in this new place i was just like what but everyone, every all my other classmates are walking themselves to school. They we would used to leave from class. Like when we left school, we would go get pizza at the local pizza joint. Twenty five cents was nice. Like oh man, it was just it was just it was just like a grown up. I felt like a grown up for the first time ever. <laughs> so I was like ah, this feels so amazing. But um, in between school and being there, we went to California the same year I, I, I got there. So in 2000 and no, no, no. So the next year, 2003, we went to California. So I, I feel like 
it was I, I didn't have time to really make memories no, in just Jersey for a visit or the whole, the whole family moved there no just for a visit just for okay. a visit but when I, I where, want where, to go to California, California like what the heck it's um we were in uh, my uncle lived in Orange County so he lived in Southern uh, California yeah okay. mm. and so after being there going to Hollywood Walk of Fame going to all these things we were just like what the heck what is what is jersey city you know like this is where i need to be i need to be in california this is where it's everything that and then my so i had more family in california you know at, at this point it was just my dad my sister and my stepmom so we were seeing them for a year yeah. imagine leaving kenya where there's a huge variety of family to having only this three people that you see every day yeah And then when I finally went to California, then you get the big family experience again. So it was like, oh, I missed that part. Mm-hmm. But, you know, Jersey City was its own festive. Like, I, I really love Jersey City. Jersey City was, I think we even met uh, Joe Budden at one point. He lived like right, very close. Oh, wow. Very close. <laughs> and, and my sister's friend at that time, Um, was like, oh, by the way, you know, I live like a couple of doors or a block away from Joe Budden. So he took us to to those sides. But, and Akon was even there at that time. Akon was living in Jersey City too. Hey, it's the greats, the greats are in Jersey City. Akon hey, always <laughs> pops up everywhere. Akon is always in the mix somewhere. It's always. But. It's always. It's always. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> someone, my, someone was appeared on my podcast today. I was at his house. Over something about Akon. Akon was at my friend's apartment. My friend was texting What? me and I was like, Akon's in my apartment. I was like, that, that guy's everywhere. <laughs> hey, <laughs> he need to come on this nice. podcast. I have some questions for him too. <laughs> He's coming. He's coming. Uh, uh, me too. Uh, and can you please pass him? <laughs> I will. <laughs> can you plug afterwards? I want to know about these cities. Akon City. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> So you you moved from um, your family moved from Jersey City to Greensboro, and mm. all the all the places you've been to. Funny enough, okay, apart from Jersey City, that's the only place that I've been to. Uh, Greensboro mm. and Cali. In fact, I've never been to the West Coast. That's something I rectify after oh. this pandemic is over. I've been postponing, but um, you yeah. have to. Yeah, I will, yeah, I will. I will. West Coast people have they, they they've not done a good job of. Um, You know, inviting me over. You know, they gotta send <laughs> send the plane to come pick me up, kind of thing. Oh, yeah. that's that's. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm used to the good I'm life now. Now now that I, I I I I demand to be, you know, my ticket money has to, you know, give me everything my ticket paid for on the flight. Give, give bring, oh, yeah. bring it so you may as well just send the plane to come pick me up. <laughs> yeah, might as well at this might point. Well. Just spoiled. send the plane. I'm spoiled. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> I like so, it. So, uh, Greensboro is where you you grew up into adulthood, right? Yes. Okay. Majority. So, I went to middle school in mm-hmm. Greensboro, and I went to high school, and I went to university all in Greensboro. Mm-hmm. So, in a way, you're, an, um, you're a Greensboro, you're a Greensboro right. woman or you know, Greensboro girl, whichever <laughs> way you want to describe yourself. So, you're a Southern girl three, in a way. Three, six. <laughs> That's our air code. <laughs> oh, three six six. Oh, okay. Nah, nah. Hey, three three six. Three three six. Oh, don't, my bad, my bad. No, no don't problem. give us the devil. <laughs> uh, I said three six six. I didn't say. Oh, okay, okay. Six six six. Okay, okay, okay. 
<laughs> uh, that, 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 that don't scare me though, cause uh, you no. Know, but uh, well, oh, we 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 know witchcraft now. Six 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 cannot do anything to us. Yeah, it, it, <laughs> it can't. It can't. You know. So, uh, Greensboro. What what's um um as a southern gal gal now? You say girl. Anybody come after me? Gal. Gal. It's <laughs> a southern gal. What what what's Greensboro like for you? Ah, uh, Greensboro was like the worst. Was so slow. Um, yeah, everything just seemed whack. It just seemed so whack compared to Jersey City, where everything was fast. You had celebrities here. You had things going on. It was just nice. So Greensboro was like the old. It was like the country. So we came from the city to the country, and it didn't make sense to us. That, that's sounds like that's why the African immigrants will love it. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and the education was better. Oh, this, you know, all the factors that African parents look at. You know, mm-hmm. we have to look at all the factors. And um, yeah, but but it was good. It's because it was easy. For some reason, it was easier. It was easy, it was safer. So we just kind of liked it after a while. But in the beginning, it was like, why are we here? Mm-hmm. <laughs> why did you bring us here after having so much fun? But Greensboro was was nice. Like Greensboro was... It was just nice. It was cleaner. It was, you know, all the things that African parents want in a place to settle, especially in the in the states. They want to yeah. give you, and then it was uh, affordable. So the same place. So living in Jersey City, we were like paying a rent of like fifteen hundred a month. Yeah, and uh, which is even good for that time because it was like a three bedroom or something. And um, so fifteen hundred in Greensboro, like got a whole house. Yep. So that, that, that was, was no surprise. It, it it just made economical sense to be in Greensboro, um, and then it also made sense because the schools were better. I think my dad was worried about my my sister and I at that time because he was seeing like for some reason. Well, we were the boys were coming around, and my dad was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> so <laughs> he he canceled that quickly. So in Greensboro, like. It's definitely a neighborhood where like people are watching. So if he came home, the neighbor would give him a full report of mm-hmm. what happened. And so it was it was better for him. It was a little torture for us, but we learned to maneuver. <laughs> That's the to... thing they fail to understand or realize that the kids can adapt and oh yeah. <laughs> figure it out. <laughs> if we if we decide to be bad, we're gonna be bad everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that, that is it. <laughs> yeah. If we decide to be good, we'll be good. So I was, yeah. you know, I was teetering on the bad and good. <laughs> hey. Yeah. It, it's, uh, how will I put it? Um, this definition of bad and good, yeah, I mean, mm. you know, they, 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 I know kids who they were like, oh, this kid is a good child and this and that, met all the, ticked all the boxes that the parents like oh, to yeah. see. And those who knew, who, what was happening with that kid were like, uh, that's a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but that kid is not the, good. The kid can put up the, the, the face because, you know, when you create that environment where it's like, you know, I need you to be this all the time and the kid will just adapt and put that smile then. Exactly. Yeah, so that's why. Oh, man. Yeah, now it's not about that life for me. It's like, you, you show your child that you be who you want to be, but try and be, you feel free to, you know, let me know. You know, I I don't want you to go oh, be someone else in front of me and then be someone else outside and then 
Someone will have to come tell me, like, do you know your child was doing this? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. My dad was, he's so African. He's so African. Because when I got older, he was telling me, like, after nine, wherever you are at that point, you stay there. Like, he's not opening his door after 9 p.m. <laughs> I'm like, I'm only 13. How are you going to tell me to just stay where I'm at? My dad was like, I am not opening this door after nine. So you better know after nine, you are not coming into that house. So you have to figure yourself out. So <laughs> we had to make sure we were in the house before nine. I think one thing that made my, because every day I would go to an American outside, my environment was American, but yeah. when I entered that house, it was African. It was, yeah. it, it, mm-hmm. it was, a, it was a typical Kenyan home. My mother was submissive. My dad was the provider. Like it was order. There was there was order in that house. Oh, so, so your mom when never I left worked. The house, no, no, she worked. Okay, but it wasn't like a serious. You I, know, I, okay. She never I, I drove. Get it. I get it. Yeah. She never had a license. Mm-hmm. You know, like so she was all dependent on, on him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So for that whole time, we were just like this cannot be life because me, me being a growing up in America and seeing the contrast between, you know, like my mother, my stepmother doing what she had to do for the house to make sure the Kenyan man was happy versus what my American's mom was doing to make sure her husband was happy. It was like a complete contrast Yeah, because she's like, Oh yeah, I'm going to get, you know, my man, some McDonald's, I'm going to get him a big bag something something and then my grand my, my stepmom is over here like i have to wash the house i have to pass it i have to iron the clothes i have to make dinner tonight because my dad would not eat leftovers you know like stuff like that so <laughs> it was just like, like my uncle, I, yeah. I was so disgusted by my mother my stepmother because i was like this woman is just so weak that's just all i kept seeing but yeah, like once, once, you know, America was a complete change. I think in, we were demanding love. We were demanding all of the things that we were seeing on Disney channel and mm-hmm. all those things. And, and when, even I remember when I got my first C, I think it was a C or a B, whatever. I think I was, always got A's and I got my first B and I was crying so hard in class. And my teacher was like, what's wrong? I was like, I'm taking home a B. Uh, yeah, <laughs> my, yep. teacher, my teacher was like, are you really crying when this kid over here has an F? And I'm like, you don't, uh, it doesn't you matter. Don't know. He didn't, a B know. is an F. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know that a B is an F, my uh, <laughs> you you're feeling your community, you failed your country, you failed your ancestors, you failed your... The worst thing oh, is you you failed the person who brought you. I brought you to this country to bring home peace. <laughs> Do you know how hard I worked to bring you to this country? Mm-hmm. Oh, golly. Mm-hmm. Ooh, it's That's exactly bee. how it was going. <laughs> it's a B. A... <laughs> oh, a B is a disgrace. It is a disgrace. Yep. Yep. So, uh. <laughs> at that point, we started learning how to forge signatures. <laughs> Ooh. Uh. Uh, I'm out of America now, so, you know, nothing can be held against me. <laughs> Forget that. that. The statue of limitations passed. <laughs> they, they say you don't know, you didn't have a childhood if you don't know how to forge your child, your parents' signature. So I mean, it is. Oh, yeah. I had a childhood. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I never, I never got good at that. But in Nigeria, there was uh, 
I, I didn't even, I was so naive when I was mm. in junior secondary school because I was in a Christian school. So I was eating up the whole Christian ideology and everything. I was hard, you know, that's how I, I was grown into the hardcore because uh, I was Catholic and then became evangelical. So I was uh, Pentecostal, I was hardcore into it. And one day I stumbled on one of my mom's old checkbooks from like the 80s. This was uh, around 90, 90, 94 or so, but 93, 94. But it was an, probably a checkbook from the 70s, 80s, because, you know, some of our parents don't like throwing away stuff, so they just keep it. But there's a bunch in the <laughs> Hodders. Hodders. My mom had stuff that, man, so we always play with stuff at home. That's how I'll be getting some extra papers to use. But this checkbook was old, one of her old banks. She never used it. Anyway. That's why she allowed me to play with it. And mm. I decided to bring it to school. That was my mistake. I oh. brought it to school and I'm like, I'm writing <laughs> checks for you. You man, here you go. Ah, I'm like playing. Yeah, yeah. But that was just the game. You know, <laughs> here you go. Throw money. Out. Yeah, I'm rich. Here you go, man. You poor man. I'm writing money. That was a... And some <laughs> some um boy who I was I, I know it was a boy who was mad that I didn't give him a check when I told vice principal. Like this guy is <laughs> brought his stole his mom's check and he's giving people. Oh. It's, it's distributing money in class. Man, they, they got me to the vice principal's office. I was lucky I didn't get expelled because that guy loved expelling suspension or expelled. Or you get 24 what? strokes. <laughs> what? I think the, oh, yes. that, that was the only day the Holy Spirit talked to him because he's always claiming the Holy Spirit spoke to him. I guess that was the only day I could believe the Holy Spirit spoke <laughs> to him because I, I, didn't, I didn't get any of the three. How do you, you get this checkbook? I said, it's my mom's checkbook. She, she's an, it's an old one. You, you're a thief. I was like, I've never stolen before. Why would I steal now? You're a thief. You're going to, you're going to hell and all this. Oh God, God told other teachers they came. So ask my teacher. My teacher said, I've never stolen. They don't have proof of me stealing before. But guess what? My teacher said, call me a thief. And now me, I started panicking. Like, oh, they're going to call my mom. They're going to take, mm -hmm. you know, they're going to call the police. Because sometimes they do that. They, they, if they catch kids, because some kids will steal money from their parents and bring it to school and then start blowing it. Buy mm. food for, and it was like they'll just buy snacks for everybody oh, yes. in class and all that. And they're just gonna bring the police and come. The police, or uh, if they wanted to really mess you up, they go bring one soldier who had nothing to do, bring the soldier <laughs> from the barracks. That's what they're gonna make you do all grill, drill you like you're about to sign up for the Nigerian army. That's what they're gonna <laughs> spend like two hours with the kid. That kid gonna be sweating, you will hold uniform with sweat, but it's mostly boys that did that too. So, all right, mm. and if you stop, the soldier had a whip. So if you stop, pow, stop, pow, every time. Oh so it's like, do God. this, do that. Roll on the ground. Sometimes they'll humiliate you. Roll on the floor. Mm. So it was. Mm. So I was now picturing all that happening to me like, man, jeez, they're going to do some stuff like it's that to me. Like Either it. the police will come mm. or they're going to bring the soldier. But I didn't steal. So I can't say I stole. But I'm the same time. No. I'm like, man, so they made me kneel down, had my hands up like... Luckily, the most <laughs> evil person wasn't there because I've seen them do that. They'll, they'll put a big block in your hands. And <laughs> mm, they didn't do that. Make you hold it. It just seemed like, mm. I, I, don't know how, I don't even know how I got out of it. I just don't know how. But at the end of this, like they punished, they helped me for like two, three hours. And then somehow they just, man, get out of here. Wow. And, you had favor on your side. That and day. I disappeared, man. I never saw, never heard anything about that. But I knew... Now that I look, I'm like, if they had called my family, my family would have said, it's an old checkbook. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so what the hell are you hey. torturing the boy? 
you would have been whooped for that one though. But, Why are you in my stuff and taking? No, but my mom. Yeah. I've been playing with the stuff because my mom had seen me oh. with it. I remember oh, my mom okay, seeing okay. me with that and she allowed. Otherwise, my mom would have whooped me at home. Like, why are you touching <laughs> my checkbook? It's true. I, she won't it's allow true. me to touch her checkbook and start because all I did when I was just start tearing stuff, writing, just drawing. <laughs> I was drawing on all, every piece of paper. You know, I, I wasn't touching my own books, but I was drawing on every other thing I was, you know, I could find. Spreading the wealth. Yeah. Mm. So. <laughs> so, but it was just yeah. Oh, that that was yeah. One of those that I'm. Uh, that if if I'd. Turned out to be, if I hadn't gone on, the, if I wasn't eating the religious thing back then, I probably would have been among the guys who, in my school, after they graduated, mm. they came back and beat some of the teachers who were like really what? evil to them. Yeah. yeah. They, they, after a year of graduation, they came back. <laughs> they said, we remember you. <laughs> hey. They came back. I wish to plan that. We, 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 because we were like um, in second year. And we, we, we remember when that happened. We we're like, when we graduate, we're going to do that too. We're going to be like, oh, so oh. we're going to do that. But by the time I graduated, I was in a different city and state. But I came back. I, it's it's much, not worth It's it. too much work. Because I saw, I saw one of the that's... teachers. He, he was like, Rafael Harry, I thought you'd be in America by now. Look at you. Look, at, he was saying it like an insult. Oh, okay, here we go. Yeah. Well, look at you now. Okay, I was like, you don't know that we were planning the evil. <laughs> that was no They will harass you. Like, even girls, they did it uh, to girls sometimes where they would make you in front of the school, shave your hair and all that. Like man. Ruthless. Yeah, it was ruthless. But now mm. I look at it as a lot of times it was they were just taking out their frustrations on the kids, which isn't Exactly. Right. But, you know, so... It's even worse when the teachers take it out on you. I remember, oh, this is a memory from Jersey City. I was in the fourth grade. Then my teacher came, my white teacher at that, he came to class drunk, just super oh, wow. drunk. <laughs> and, and we were supposed to be doing, you know, like our little school songs. This man was over here like, um, sitting out Max and we're like, no, cool, giving us the Fresh Prince song. So whatever he, he he was like watch finished watching a Fresh Prince marathon yeah. and was drinking because when he came to class he was even like sitting on the wall like passing out oh my god and this is fourth grade <laughs> Jersey City shout wow. out to Jersey <laughs> wow that, well, shout out to whoever my teacher was because he came he he watched rich. a good show so I give him that I'll give him points <laughs> on that it was a good show um, oh man if he had watched something a lot more on the like vulgar well, there was no duck dynasty then but if there was duck dynasty if there had been a duck dynasty type uh, he had watched then <laughs> oh we would have been in trouble <laughs> yeah Woo. i try I'm to picture it from that so he was Woo. cool Woo. He, he was a cool teacher ah uh, but that's when i knew like adults have nothing figured out <laughs> Hey, yeah. Adulting sucks. Mm. Hey, good, good thing you figured it out, Ellie. Oh, oh yeah. So <laughs> he was the first sign of it. <laughs> so you, um, when, when in Greensboro did you begin to uh, carve your path and decide that you know you wanted to be who you wanted to be, or? Uh, you know, you started. Oh man! You know, I, I, know, this, I know it's not something some that is a final journey mm. because you still, um, 
navigating that that part of your life but you know but you must have started somewhere and like okay this is um embracing your creativity let me put it that way when did you start yeah. to em- embrace your creativity um it actually started a long it started a while ago because i actually when i left kenya I was everyone's favorite everyone's favorite child like everyone wanted to hang out with me because i was dancing i was talking i was just doing funny things i was always a funny character and then when we came to when we went to Jersey City, my dad owned a perfume shop. So he got his he had his first storefront shop. And that's where um, I was working at even at that age. So I was like 10 or actually nine going to his perf- uh, to the perfume shop, selling, doing all that stuff. So when we came to Jersey City, I used to just sit at home, make fake budgets for my fake business. <laughs> and um, I used to even like sew little clothes for my Barbie, for my Barbie, for my Barbie dolls. <laughs> and <laughs> just like, I was just doing little creative things. I was, I was writing poetry. Um, I was just like dibbling and dabbling in so many different things. So I kind of knew that I was always going to have that kind of business side of me. But when it comes to creativity and even uh, even believing in my creative side, that happened when I was in university for sure. Like this is way after the fact when my roommates were like, what? That's, you know, what when they started encouraging me and telling me, oh, what I'm doing is dope or whatever. It took a long journey because for majority of my teenage years I was just thinking like I was in a in a confused place because I was with my stepmother I wanted my mother at the same time my and then there was my dad and he was going through the motions of being an adult (laughs) and you know so I was just like this house is lacking everything I need It, it doesn't have my mother it doesn't have my my dad is frustrated 99% of the time my sister is also herself a teenager now or basically a young adult. So she doesn't have time to hang out with me as much anymore. So I just yeah. used to sit at home and journal all day, all night, like just journaling, like all this stuff. Oh, I hate my house. I hate everything. <laughs> and then there'll be another journal that's like, oh, when I'm 27, I'll be doing this. I'll be doing that. You know, so every there was a journal for each mood. So once I started journaling and writing down things, I kind of had a path. And mind you, you you're bringing up your religious, you know, background. We we didn't have any. We used to go to like vacation Bible school only to eat. <laughs> so we would just go to vacation Bible school because we used to, we, when we first came to Greensboro, my sister was like, we should start going back to church, you know, because we were going to church when we were in Kenya. So when we found this church, it was, a, it was a white church. So my the whole time the pastor's preaching, we were asleep. <laughs> but <laughs> when it came time to eat, you know, afterwards, yeah. we were like, yeah, let's wake up and start to eat. <laughs> so these white people were throwing down. Let me tell you guys, they were throwing down. So they used to, not food-wise, but when it came to cake yeah. and brownies and cookies and all that bakery, baking, white people have the crown on baking. I, I give it to them. So... When it came to cakes, we were just tearing up cakes. We were doing all that kind of stuff. So vacation Bible school was the source of our dessert for like a whole year. And then they used to have games and all this stuff. So we just started doing other things. So religion never played a part for me for a long time. So I didn't have that religious uh, pool to help me figure out myself. So until I went to university and got my DYs, I got a, <laughs> you know, do, do, after doing all of those wild things, that's yeah. when I finally realized who I was and what I wanted to do and 
what I wanted to become of myself because if it wasn't for university, I would never have realized that all of the trauma that I had walking around, that I was walking around with, the childhood trauma that I mm-hmm. had, because it was showing up in the people I was dating, the way I was living my life, the way I was just, everything, everything just exuded that I was troubled. But in the meantime, while I was going through it, I was just like, oh, well, I'm just a regular person and I'm managing to get myself through school. So, I mean, that's the main thing. If you're getting through school, then you're succeeding. That's yeah. the mindset. But in reality, I was like, I was drowning. I was drowning. So until I finally figured out that I was depressed in my own way, I, you know, that's when I started becoming more creative and began the podcast, Kenyan Flag Podcast. Um, that all, all came from me trying to heal from my traumas and stuff. So shout out to that but when i was in university that was amazing I, I like that's why i didn't see that i had a problem but i was a borderline alcoholic and my best friends were like you know you're alcoholic right and i was like how like i don't see it but you know because we grew up in this african or kenyan house or whatever and we saw people drinking and functioning so we, yeah. we had the idea that if you drink it's not really a hindering thing mm-hmm. because people function so for me, I had internships with like, even um, I was working with like this lady named the hip hop publicist. I went to school for PR. So I was working with the hip hop publicist. She's uh, she's she's a big publicist in the hip hop world. And I always wanted to, to do entertainment PR. So it was the perfect uh, internship. Then when I moved from her, because I fumb- I messed that one up completely, like completely. I was drunk the majority of the time. So wow. I didn't even have, I didn't even focus on that. And then um, I had another great opportunity with the, these people are working with the Panthers, which is the Panthers is a football yeah, team from North Carolina. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was, had the opportunity to do some PR work with them. And then I met, I messed every single one of them up. I messed every single one of them up and it makes zero sense in hindsight. I mean, I was just choosing the, the different paths. I was just choosing different paths in life. I was going to the studio with my friends, like, oh, my friends were rappers. Like I was choosing all of that over the actual substance, you know, the substance that I could have been, like I could have actually worked with people and had a better job outside of this. So. It, it really was crazy. And then on top of that, I don't know if we, we're going to touch on this, but on top of that, I didn't even realize that I wasn't a citizen. <laughs> so for me, I was thinking like all of, you know, because when I was 16, my dad became a citizen. So with that, he should automatically have given me my citizenship because I was under 18. So in the government, I was understanding that if you're under 18 and your you know parent oh, becomes me. a neutralized you know citizen or whatever yeah uh, you should get your citizenship so my dad took us to the passport place i got passport pictures i like i just knew i was a citizen so all the recklessness that i was doing it was supported with the fact that i was a citizen oh, okay. so when I graduated. I was comfortable with everything because I was like, you know what? Even if I messed up, my portfolio is still so strong that, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm going to get a good job. So I presented myself nicely, did everything that I needed to do. And then I go. um, So I'm just picking the highlights of my internships, trying to make them make sense. And they did. And they were selling this lady and she was like, 
because my school, my university, we had to have an exit presentation and the exit presentation was a portfolio for us uh, PR students yeah. who just have to put a portfolio together. So when I met this lady, she tells me like, uh, you know, y- your portfolio is just, it just took our breaths away. And, you know, we, we're so impressed. We would like to offer you the first position in our company for PR. And I'm like, what? That's an honor. So, <laughs> so I go and I'm like, yeah, let's go ahead and do this job. And then, so when we got to do the requirements for, you know, getting the job done, I have my work permit, I have yeah. my social, I'm just ready. And then she's like, well, where's your green card? And I was like, what is it showing when you, when, you put the, with the, when you put the A number in? Like, what is it showing? I mean, we were so ignorant. We didn't even yeah. go to the Charlotte, you know, which is the place you would go for, um, to find out your immigration status. Yeah, we didn't just, even go yeah. find out our status. We wow. were just blank. We were just thinking like we were luxury living, mm-hmm. thinking that we were citizens. So when she asked me for my citizenship, I'm like, well, I thought I was a citizen, you know, because I have a bank account. I have, I've been going to school. I get financial aid. You know, I have a social security. Like I have everything. I feel like I'm a, I'm a citizen. I, I file taxes. I pay taxes, all that stuff, you know? So it didn't make sense to me. But after realizing that I was not a citizen, I think that's when shit really became real. I was like, okay, so now I have to figure out if I'm, you know, how to become a citizen. I have to be, mind you, I already have a DUI. So like my, my advisors were telling me like, oh, if you have a DWI or if you have a DUI, you can't file for your citizenship. You have to wait for that case to be over. And I didn't have a small DWI. I had the I had a major one, so I, I blew over a point one five, which means you have to do more things to to get them to get that yeah. record off of you. Yeah. So after doing the things that I had to do, which was like a good almost five thousand dollars worth of work, community service, mm-hmm. a, like a whole AAA meeting, whatever, just all kinds of things, like really took my time. So after completing that portion of it. I go to the immigration lawyer and they're like, you know, DWI actually doesn't even affect you. And I was like, oh my God, I just wait for a whole nother year <laughs> to freaking clear this thing. <laughs> I was, I was about to ask you, about immigration lawyer. <laughs> I'm telling you. So I wasted the whole year and they're telling me like, oh, you didn't need it. You know, you, but you, <laughs> I, I don't want to kill this man on, on this podcast. But my dad, my dad is the one who advised me. My dad is a whole immigration translator. So he, he, he has the, he's, he's in the position to advise me the right way, but we just clashed. And ever since we clashed, he just never cared to help us again. So um, after realizing my DWR was another thing, I also realized that I had something written on the back of my ID where it said legal presence is valid until 11-24-2020, which is my birthday. Wow. So I was like, okay. I mean, even that, because my dad became a citizen in 2010. So yeah. to give me wow. 10, so years, 10 years, get together, yeah, is, is quite a grace even for America, <laughs> for real. So hmm. it's crazy. So wait, what, what, did, what does that mean exactly? So that, that means you had 10 years to get your citizenship or your papers or what? Yeah, basically. Yeah. So wh- when did you discover this um, was on your profile? 
in this I discovered this after you know I I so in 2017 I didn't have a license so that's when I <laughs> because I had the DUI so yeah. I had to regain my license so when I regained it that was 2018 so that gave me two years to to figure myself out so in the two years I tried to scramble here scramble there but the thing is we came under the um status of asylum Mm-hmm. So we were, uh, you know, so once my dad became a citizen, we didn't need the asylum status anymore because he obviously has changed over from that to this. Uh... So now we lost our status because he had gained citizenship. We yeah. who had came under him, he was our sponsor, lost our status. Wow. So that that that's what happened with that. So to re uh to recertify now was a problem because now we were in officially in Trump era. Yeah. And Trump had messed up with Honduras because they he didn't like the asylum because the people mm-hmm. walked from Honduras to America trying to get yeah. you know that border to get into the country. So those were considered asylum. The Honduras people are asylum. So when uh when that situation came about Donald Trump was like, we don't want any more asylee, uh, you know, statuses anymore. Like, so the mm-hmm. whole thing became so long. They were predicting like eight years, eight year wait just to be re-admitted um, as an asylee. So it was just oh. ridiculous. So when I realized it was going to be another eight years, I was like, what? Then um, so I just, I just, I just was like, what do I even do? So. That's when I really, that's when I began Kenyan Plug Pod because I was like, okay, if I have to go back home, I'm going to have to have a way to communicate because at this time I didn't even speak Swahili. There was nobody I was speaking Swahili with in America. My parents, I had moved out when I was 17. So, you know, like all of that tradition was gone at this point. So now it was just me and my lack of tradition, my lack of everything, just having to learn everything because I knew that in if if things didn't go as I planned, I would have to end up in Kenya and I would need to learn how to live in Kenya. So that's how Kenya Club came about. And it's been a blessing. It really was a blessing. So 2019 came about. I'm still trying to do what I can. Still can't find anything because Donald Trump really ruined immigration. So I know I I, I saw the you know, some people always like someone. Someone came at me recently. I posted um, um, the um, um, Madam VP's official um, photo on my Instagram stories, and this guy from Canada, like uh, Madam Mass Incarceration. I was like, okay, that that's for you. And he's like, but I'm a progressive and blah blah blah. I'm like, bro, that that's fine. If you're a Republican and that's your makes you sleep at night, fine. But the guy just kept right. I'm, I'm like, I don't care. But you know, and I don't see that energy when it comes to a whole bunch of things Trump did because it's like people they just focus on one thing and then they forget about the rest. And, oh no. You know, when he was coming for Haiti, people like it's black people, so you know, we don't care about that. Honduras, mm-hmm. it was literally counting, but you know, but he started with this, the Muslims with those six countries. And we were like, some people like, yeah, we're going to protest against Muslims, going to protest against Muslims. And then he expanded it. Yeah. The protest died all of a sudden. 
when he included the African countries and the protest wasn't it wasn't as hot as before. And people kept, I was like, where's this energy? All, all these things, people forget that elections have consequences. You know, people, people don't take these things seriously. And the damage, yeah, everybody expects Biden to fix it in day one. I'm like, uh, Biden can give an executive order, he can appoint the right people, but it will still take time to fix it because you guys put this idiot there for four years and he caused so much damage. There are people from some black guys who they claim, I think one of them had roots in Grenada, Grenada how that country is pronounced, forgive mm -hmm. me. And they deported the guy to Syria alone. They bullied Syria alone to take two two people who no roots in Syria alone, and but Syria alone government is paying for them to stay there now because Syria alone scared was scared of Trump, so they, they didn't want to challenge Trump. And there were so many abuses right, left, back and forth, and I was just like, wow, you know, if I start, I, I was just but people were like, well, you know, who, you know who I'm mad at? I'm mad at Biden. Why why you mad at him? Because I, I don't support wars. When has Biden? What's that got to do, Biden? Because he's not the person I like. I'm like, but this man is still doing the damage. The person doing the damage is, you're not showing that energy at the guy. Go after that guy. There are people who, like, you know, so I, that's why I just stopped engaging the whole bunch of people. Like, you know what? Just get out. Just go. If you come message me, I'm, I just look at the guy's message. You see that I read it and I'm not respond anymore because there's so much that, so much evil that guy did. We're not even, we're not even talking about the coronavirus deaths alone. That's you put him in jail for life. But when for we life. add the immigration, but it's like they don't see, they don't feel the impact. So they feel like, oh, yeah, well, well it was just a few people. I'm like, what do you mean it's just a few people? You know, someone in my family was like, well, uh, why are so many immigrants coming from the southern border? I'm like, you're from a family of immigrants. Like, well, okay, they should have given them soap to, to bait with. But, I mean, there are too many of them coming into America anyway. I'm like... You know who you're talking to? You know, they could deport me at any time. <laughs> they, could, they could look at my Facebook and say, you know what, you go, deport, deportation. Because they deported veterans. So you can't, you can't claim that I saved the country. So I, you, deportation, bye, go. <laughs> Guy, that's what he did. He said, everybody, get out. So it was, it was just, yeah. So nah, I, don't, I don't have pity for uh, anybody who just tries to like make it mild for that guy, I'm like, man, get out of here. I don't even, I don't want to hear from you. I don't. Until the end, I even had family members who uh, proudly supported Trump until the final hour, maybe like October of 2020. That's when they were like, oh, oh, by the way, he's not that great. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, at least they admitted. The, the Nigerian ones, the, 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 they still haven't admitted the ones who I know. The, the person who. Till the day he got his, he left Nigeria. I was the guy with him. He's a 90 day fiance candidate. I was with him from day one of the 90 day fiance thing. When he left Nigeria, there was a hole in his shoe. We were like this, we were tight, you know. When, when that guy started the Trump, I tell you, was joking when he started posting Trump, Trump, Trump on Facebook. I was like, are you, are you serious? <laughs> and then he's like, but he's, a, he's, not, he's, he's not a globalist like these other people. Like, what the hell is that? And then he's like, bro, you, you have allowed the liberals take you. You're talking like these liberal people. You need to stop it. And I'm like, um, you know what? I, I'm, I'm not, yeah. I'm, nah, nah, I don't see him posting anything. You know, he's complaining about Nigeria's leader. I'm like, but Nigeria's leader and Trump are doing the exact same thing. But he said, well, Nigeria's leader is a Muslim. So that's his beef. 
I'm like, oh, well. <laughs> Single-handedly ruined us. We didn't do that push. Africa did not do that push. Now that we have yeah. the Trump push. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. It's just, uh, you know. <laughs> Even worse. <laughs> oh, so, my God. Um, you, so you decided to... Uh, so all this um, now led to you moving... When... When did you finally decide that you were going to leave and return back to um United States? Um, sorry, to Kenya. Ah, uh, I I feel like it was uh mid pandemic, knowing that my my date was looming. Anyways, you know the November twenty fourth of that month mm-hmm. of that year, anyways of twenty twenty. I was just thinking like, oh God, I I what am I gonna do? Like because I can I can stay here, I can stay in America and uh try to maneuver but the thing is when i was going to get jobs or like if because i like i would leave one job being a black woman in the south is already a situation of its own i like every job i ever had i got a promotion in like six months that's the african in me now when it comes to being a black woman and having like i was a store manager for a long time for like for since I got out of college until the end of what 2019 or something like that I was doing so managing so I was just doing my thing but this white lady ended up hating on me and making up lies about me so she ended up so I ended up getting fired from that job and unreasonably unreasonably but North Carolina is one of the states where you don't have to tell anybody why they got fired if they Mm -hmm. get fired they're fired and you don't have to tell them anything so that's what happened with me now, when it came to getting another job, they were giving me, you know, problems every time I showed them my work permit, my A number, everything like that. So I was like, okay, when I realized that my A number was coming up with like a red flag, yeah. I was like, oh, it's it's getting real. You know, it's crunch time. So 2020 came about and uh, I just kind of prayed because since I graduated university, until which was 2017 i started praying and getting back into god so once i got back into god i was like god just you know kind of help me navigate then 2020 i just was like i was just sad i was sad all the time because i wasn't doing what i wanted to do because the job i was offered was that's a sixty thousand you know a year job which was fresh out of college yeah that would have done done me great you know now I'm thinking like, oh, I can't even work like, you know, the job I want to work. I can't even do the things I want to do. Like life sucks now because I'm not a citizen and it just is killing me. Now you're telling me I have to go work over here for a minimum wage job. It doesn't even make sense to me, you know. So I'm working this minimum wage job. I literally hate it with my full blown body. I hate it. Mm-hmm. And after working that job, the pandemic comes in March. Here goes the pandemic. So I'm like, God, what the heck is really, what's supposed to be happening here? What What is happening here? So uh, I just kept asking God, just show me a sign, show me a sign. God is like, yep, you're going back. <laughs> and I'm like, no, I don't want to go back. I don't want to go back. I, I just don't want to go back. So I, I'm key, like, I went to five immigration lawyers, five. Like, so I'm just going around, going around, just begging, hoping someone can give me any kind of answer that will help me say, okay, even if I have to go through something for one year, I can do it, you know? 
if I have to stay under the radar, be an entrepreneur for one year, I can yeah. do it. But now they're telling me two years, and then they're telling me, well, after Biden wins, then we can talk about how long. I'm like, who even guarantees that Biden's going to win, you know? So this is in March. So I'm just like, nah, I don't even think Biden's going to win. I don't even, we didn't even know if it was Biden or not, you know? So we were just thinking, if it's another four years of Trump, I cannot make it in, in, in America. It's impossible. Mm-hmm. Just so I just, I just, um, I just started doing my business. So I, I got a business partner in Kenya and we started doing some business. I started sending stuff to Kenya and having my mom, my biological mother here help me with running my business in Kenya. My business in Kenya started doing well. So I was like, okay, maybe there is a future for me in Kenya. So when November came, literally uh, 20 days before my departure date or my expiration date, Biden wins. And I'm like, God, I've already committed to the decision of So I was like, ah, I, I just didn't know what to do. I was just, I was just, I didn't know what to do. But I was like, if it's a God thing, I'm going to have to do it. If it's a Shiro, if it's a Shiro thing, I'm, I'm kind of stuck in between the two. So I was just like, God just kind of helped me with the decision. And, you know, well, God won, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have but, no comment on that, but yeah. Because <laughs> um, you know me and God, you know we don't agree. So, but uh, no, no, the most important thing for me is that you're you're doing well, and um, um, the, the, your business is it in the PR business? No, it's a it's an e-commerce. Okay, e-commerce, which yeah. is huge in in Africa and Kenya is big in um, the IT side of things on the continent too. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Kenya is good for all of these type of things. So discovering like business is good. Even even in this pandemic, like I I am so happy that I started that business, especially um in America because now learning how to get things over here like from Amazon, get things over here from you know different websites, Alibaba, AliExpress. Yeah. Like now I understand how to move things from one country to the next and and the expenses. I even went through the custom situation where they stole my stuff. Wow. I even went through the situation where you have a business partner that steals your name, your money. I, I you know like all yeah. of that kind of stuff yeah, is, had to happen oh. so that when I came to Kenya, I was already equipped for everything. Even dealing with Kenyan customers online, I'm like god you know, but <laughs> you're yeah. trying to haggle me on a price that is is unhaggleable. Like, just mm-hmm. leave it alone. Yeah. So all of the things that I went through was so necessary, so necessary. I would not even change one drop of it, one drop. Everything was so necessary, and I just thank God for it all. Even That's though moving back to Kenya has been tugging on all of the emotions and making me feel all types of ways i still can't get over the fact that it's a god thing <laughs> yeah, there's, there's god always going to be challenges whether you you moved you stayed in the united states or you um True. went to tanzania or you you know zanzibar or south africa you there would have still been challenges so um True. but the most important thing is you are aware and you are ahead of them. So the main thing and I'm for proud me of you for that too. So 
and, and I, I just wanted to make sure I didn't get deported. That was my thing. Yeah. If I, you know, for me, I just wanted to make sure I stayed away from that thing because if I leave, it would be voluntarily, and for mm -hmm. me to come back would be an option. It, it now, was on I your got, own terms. You controlled around, it. Yeah, and did the things I used to do. No, <laughs> I don't think I would have made it. Mm -hmm. and, I, I, and I'm just happy that I chose this path because at least now I know I can come back. To All America. right. So after mm -hmm. uh, beginning rounding up, so um, a few questions before we end it, before we end this episode. Um, mm -hmm. What about your, your, your family, your siblings? Did they move back with you or are they still in the States? No. So they weren't affected? Yeah, I just, my um, everyone was covered. You know, okay. everyone has children or married. Or oh, okay. Okay. has made their adjustment. I was the only one. All right. All right. Okay. Uh, I just want to make sure they weren't caught up, uh, they weren't um, caught by Trump. That's the most mm. important thing. All right. So, um, so let's let's go back to a fun, what I consider a fun topic. To like, it's not going to be just a short answer. But um, now that you're back on the continent, and uh, coming from your Jersey and Greensboro background, because the South also has a huge flavor with this uh, question I'm about to ask. When it comes to music. Mm. You know, <laughs> what keeps Shiro dancing for more than an hour? Oh. Who the artists? Give give us three artists that, you know, keep you grooving. Uh, my Kenyans would not like this, but Burna Boy is like one number one. That would be traitor. Traitor. Uh, come and catch, come and deport her. Come and deport. Um, come <laughs> and deport her. I don't know where they would deport Who you. Who can't to, deport me? I'm Kenyan blood. Yeah. But, uh, Go and check that paper. Go and check that paperwork. <laughs> Which is really king. Uh, you cannot deny the man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> you're talking about modern day music. That uh, man, Donna Boy, makes music that makes you feel, makes you dance. You know, so at least uh, there's no Kenyan who, who have, can who can match that at least. Who a Kenyan artist? Mm -hmm. Oh, I, I hate to do this to my Kenyan artist. Uh, but I would say Nyashinsky. Nyashinsky. one of my yeah, I, I really enjoyed Nyashinsky. I was just listening to his album. I was like, wow, this guy's good. So he's a Kenyan rapper. He's good. Okay. He's a good guy. Uh, what else keeps me dancing for an hour? Oh, God. People are going to hate me for this one. It's not dancing, but I'll, I'll be there in, like, in, my, in, in, a, in a nice one. Um, it's between... God. It's between Drake... <laughs> Hey, they're all trash. Oh, we can the Canadians, um, they're, they're gonna show some love to this episode. Shout out oh, to Toronto, Shout out to Canada for sure. the only place giving 2000. Uh, anyways, anyways, I'm not even gonna get in that. <laughs> um, yeah, so between Drake and Burner Boy, and uh, a bit of any afro beat, any afro beat is good with me i'm good with afro beat afro pop afro swing wow, Give me some that, afro I, I, I was <laughs> thinking that somebody like uh, uh busiziwa will, will make it into your your list Ooh, i need i need i need all of that i need all of that i need a playlist 
can okay. get to a white, white label American playlist. <laughs> I, I should, I should. I, no, my, my playlist is going to be, uh, it's going to be similar to that guy on the ship, though. My, people might have to pay for it. <laughs> oh my God. That's- there's nothing. That's the Nigerian in you. You, you ah! sound like a kikuyu too. <laughs> ah, that man, me. I don't charge people when I'm supposed to charge people. That's the problem with me. <laughs> hey, hey, nothing is free in this world. Uh, I, I say it all the time, but I don't charge people. Honestly, that's the problem. I, I, yeah, I should. <laughs> well, I'm looking forward to it. Even I, I'll contribute. I'll support your your playlist. <laughs> okay, I, I, I'll share it. I'll share. It. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, final question. Um. What would you like to leave the audience with? Um, you know, it could be a quote from your favorite artist, could be a quote from a book you've read, could be um, sure. you know, just a line that you, that stands out or speaks out to you. You know, anything you'd like to leave the audience with? Uh, what exactly would I? I just feel like, um, you know, uh, I don't. I don't even know what to exactly leave. You, now you've got me all confused because I'm thinking of all all the quotes just ran through my head like <laughs> like teleprompters. But <laughs> I um, I would it like could to be from Burna Boy if you want. Oh no, no Burna Boy done nothing. I, I think this is the thing. <laughs> equip yourself. Equip yourself with everything. Like recently, when I got to Kenya, I've been sitting on this book. Um, you know, uh, the art of, or what is it, 48 Laws of Power. I've been sitting on it for okay. so long, and it doesn't make sense. But when I came to this country, I just started listening to the audiobook, and it just made sense, made sense, made sense. Right. But the main thing was um, turn chaos into an opportunity. Turn and chaos I think, into an opportunity. Nice. Yes. And, and, he was, and the book is just talking about how you re- um, you you know you redirect your energies from chaotic to pos- positive and solutions. So I feel like that kind of unlocked my head from thinking like of all the chaos and all the things that were happening around me and mm-hmm. making them excuses. Those are actually solutions. You can find solutions in problems. So I think that's a big thing because we fixate on like oh it's a pandemic, oh it's this, oh it's that. Instead of doing that, we should just try to find the solution all right beautiful i love that yeah okay so for um you know you have a great podcast and you know people need to know where they can find you and how to find you so please uh plug yourself in ah no pun intended but i am (laughs) so once again thank you so much for having me on the show my name is shiro the host of kenyan plug pod um that is kenyan flag pod and you can find that on all podcast streaming services that's spotify that is anchor that is google podcast literally everywhere there's a bit of me on soundcloud just look for me kenyan flag pod you cannot miss it that's right and i'll also have um kenyan plug pod on the on the show notes so you can go from there you know and i'll tag you on social media too all right. And so. I have an episode coming up with you. So, oh, yes. You guys, for that. A very fun mm-hmm. episode. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. thank you very much, uh, Shiro. Uh, how do you say it again? Asante. Asante. Karibu, karibu sana. Yes, and from my language, Mbana. Mbana. Mbana, yes. 
Um, oh, I forgot I was supposed to start with Ijo when you came on, but oh well, that's old. <laughs> it's the rain, blame the rain. <laughs> we'll, do, we'll do an episode where we do uh, different words and you say it in your language and I'll say it in mine. <laughs> all right, we'll do that. Okay, so thank you all for joining us for this episode. And uh, don't forget to keep the love coming in, sharing and liking and joining us on Patreon. And yeah, see you at the next episode. And thank you for the privilege of your company. Thanks for listening to White Label American. If you enjoyed the show, we'll appreciate if you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast from. If you have any questions, comments, or have someone who will be a good guest on the show, or you want to be on the show, send us a message at whitelabelamerican at gmail.com. And make sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at White Label American. Thank you for your support.